Okay, so I had a few visions. These visions were extremely interesting. I was really trying to figure out, like, what they meant and who they were talking to. Because a lot of times, you know, it's someone else that I'm seeing. I'm seeing it from someone else's perspective or someone else is seeing it from mine. And so sometimes it's hard to tell whether they were talking to me or whoever whoever else it is that they saw. So... I was in this big, big, big mansion. It was kind of like castle status, but it was so modern. And it was a mansion. And it was this really nice neighborhood, gated community. And it was like, it was like everything, like almost everything, like a lot of the good things meshed into one. And I remember pulling up here and I pulled up through the front gate up to the place and it was LeBron and it was his wife. And as I was there, you know, I was just looking at the marble floors. They were so gorgeous. The banisters, if that's what you called them, on the inside of the home, they were just immaculate. Everything was immaculate about this home. It was gorgeous. But I was still trying to figure out, like, what it was I was there for. And I guess I was just there. I was thinking, like, maybe I'm just here for a visit. Maybe it's just to see the home. Maybe, you know, I've been here before or I come here often. Or maybe they're just setting it up for that sort of relationship where I can come here when I please or come here sometimes. I don't know. But something seemed off. And all I know was, like, I had to keep fighting to get back to my senses. And when every time I got back to my senses, what I realized was none of this is meant to stay. I can't have any of this. I can't really enjoy any of this because, or can I? Can I even enjoy any of this because it's what God wants, you know? And it's this bribery. I have to keep asking, am I being bribed about everything? But I can't assume that I am because oftentimes I don't even get anything, nor do anyone intend to actually give me anything. So it can be a test or it can be just someone, you know, playing you. Like if you take it, you'll never really have it. I never really allow you to have it. But I want you to take it so that I can have whatever it is I'm bribing you for. And you don't get what you wanted or you don't. it's never what you thought it was. But another thing, I kept referring to get out, get out, get out, get out. I refer to this a million, billion times. But the reason why is because ever since get out came out, I felt there was a true message. I felt there was truth to that. I felt that someone was telling her story. I felt that these things are really happening in this world right now. And they're trying to wake us up. And it's just scary that things can be spelled out for you that clear. Like just everything. They just allow someone to put everything in a movie. And we as people, we still don't wake up. That's always been haunting to me. And now it feels like it's coming to life. And I feel like Part of the reason why it's coming to life is because I did not take heed. 
enough, even though I wanted to. So that may be why I still have an opportunity to get out of the situation because I cared. I did care, but I should have put, you know, thoughts into actions right then. Maybe, I don't know. I just wonder. But all I know is ever since I've seen Get Out, I've been, like, wondering, like, who does this kind of stuff happen to? You know, because I noticed in the movie they mentioned how this individual, he had, you know, a perfect physical like he was a perfect image physically he was perfect physically his organs everything was you know he was very healthy above average even like he didn't smoke well he did smoke but he was still in tip-top shape the small issues he had they felt that they could get a handle on like smoking she kept urging him not to smoke how how it wasn't good for him and it's not because she cared and then about him per se but about his body and their plans for it. And then the mental issues that he had with his mother dying in the next room and him not even getting up to go check on her. Different things like that she didn't really care about for him. She cared about for their, her benefit, their benefit. Anything they cared about about this person was for their benefit. So... I take little notes about that type of stuff and I'm I'm trying my best to try and figure it out about what I'm living and what I'm going through now, but it's a puzzle. A puzzle that I feel like God is placed me in a situation to guide me through. But these a lot of these different things are you know, these similarities are very they're prevalent, they're prominent. I'm noticing them like In a way, I almost even felt like I was safe because I say I smoke weed all day. I don't really eat or exercise as much as I should. Eat eat as healthy or exercise as much as I should. So they probably wouldn't be targeting my body or my organs. It would be of no use to them. But you can never think you're safe. Ever, ever, ever. And that's why I don't. That's why I really didn't still think I was safe. But... I just noticed different things like throughout this process, I noticed that they're doing little things like, you know, get up and pray. You got to pray and keep fighting, keep going and like, you know, fast and all this other stuff. And then oftentimes they are concerned with what I'm eating, putting in my body. They always tell me to stop smoking. That smoking is not good. For a big portion of this entire fight, they was just like making it their business 24-7, all the time, nitpicking at my my smoking habits. Doing everything in their power to eliminate opportunities to smoke. And I noticed when I would 
pay attention to other things that they would do, whether it caught off guard or not, or maybe they just didn't care enough to cover these things up as much. Maybe they just didn't think I was paying attention. I don't know. But different at different points and different at different periods, what I would catch is that they don't care about me at all. They literally see me as meat. Just a body in that they don't really even care. You know, they see me as a body. Like they want to inhibit, inhabit my body. They want to take my body as their own. Or do whatever it is, plans that they have my body or my mind. And then when it comes to them asking me to pray, that's really about the power that God pours into me. When I remain faithful, they can do something with that. They can, you know, they want to steal that and take that as well. My character, they want to take that. My thoughts, they want to take that. Anything about me that they ever tried to motivate me towards or give me any advice about, it was never for me because they don't care about me. And God has shown me that nobody cares about me but him. No one. No one. And so this is why a big part of this process I've been questioning. Does love even really exist? I know it exists in Christ, but outside of Christ, when you know that individuals aren't, you know, fighting for the love of Christ or on the side of God or actual believers or actually care about this kind of stuff. Does it exist? Can it exist? It can't. Love does not exist outside of God. God is love. If you do not love God, if you do not accept God, if you do not acknowledge God, if you do not choose God, you do not know what love is. You do not love anything. You don't have love. The only love that you have is love that God still has for you, regardless of what you do not exhibit or inhibit. And if I'm using the wrong, the right words. But no love exists outside of God. So when people do not choose God, they do not choose love. They do not have love. They do not know how to love you. They do not love themselves. They do not know how to love, period. They don't know what love is if they don't know who God is. So a big portion and part of this like deception has been, oh, I love you. I love you more than life. I love you more than this. I love you so much. Look at all I'm doing for you because I love you. And no, I love this person. That's why I do this because I love them. You know, or I love, these are my friends. I love them. This is my crew. I love them. This, I love this. I love this thing. I love this area. I love this place. I love this location. I love this destination. I love this future. I love this idea. You don't know what love is. You don't love without God. When you don't have God incorporated into your plans of your future, into anything that it is that you're doing, you don't, you don't love. You don't have love. You don't know what love is. Love does have you and God, though. So this has been a big debate. And why would it be a debate if you know that without God, there's no love? Well, it's a debate still because it seems as if people can are very good at imitating what love could look like or be. Where you have to dig so deep and even by then you have to elevate yourself as a human being in order to identify that this is not love and they do not love anything. 
you trickle their actions, their behavior, the things that they're doing, the things that they're choosing, all the way back to what they're doing, all the way back to their true intentions, and it's never love. It's hate. It's anger. It's rage. They're lost. And oftentimes, it's deeper than just their emotions about it. They're being used. Like, God showed me, this can't even be the core of things, but God showed me really deep into it, trickling, trickling it back down to super far that I hadn't been at at that point. And what I saw was they were just on their knees, worshiping Satan. They were on their knees at a demonic altar, a satanic altar. They didn't say a word. They didn't have an emotion. They didn't have a feeling. They didn't have a thought. Just all hell Satan. That's the only thing they thought. That's the only thing they did. They didn't get off their knees. They they didn't have the pain that I ha- that I feel when I'm on my knees all day. They didn't have the emotions that I feel towards Christ when I'm begging out for him and crying out for him and wishing and hoping for a better outcome for my life and others. They didn't have any of those things. They were just there. And then that made me wonder, like, are they ahead of me? Is this what God is trying to show me? Is God trying to show me that this is what they have over me? When he tells me to get up there and pray to him all day, every day, don't think about anything else. Don't wonder about anything else. Submit everything over to him, all control, all power, everything over to him. Maybe he's saying this because this is what they're doing all day. This is what they're up to. And if they're up to this, doing this all day, then the only way to beat them is to be able to do that too. And when I saw that, I got sad because I said, I have way too much emotion controlling me. I get up there to pray and worship all day and I feel that I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer to God. But I'm fighting so much all the time and it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel fair because it's like, they're beating me down. I'm not not up there because I don't want to be up there. I want to be up there more than anything. I wish that my body would comply. The spirit is willing when the flesh is weak. Our flesh, we have to conquer. Jesus conquered his so that we can, but I haven't conquered mine yet. When I'm fasting, I'm fainting. I'm convulsing. I feel things moving in my body. I'm fighting things. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm going through all these different things when I fast and when I pray and when I fight towards God. And he's doing all the work, yet I can't forget the pain. I can't forget the suffering. It hurts so bad, but... Not that it should matter. The closer that I get to him, the more that the devil starts bargaining. Because he was ever going to offer me anything. He was just going to take my body, take my soul, and give me nothing in return for it. Because that's, that's what he feels I'm worth. But also just the vision of Satan guarding my family and saying, he's, he's, he's still so very confident I won't be able to get them out. He's still so very confident. He's just only a little bit less confident. 
that I won't be able to get them out from when we started. And I've done so much. Like, they even told me over a year ago that I would feel as if I was cut in half at the waist, severed in half. I've been told this, I believe, when I was like 12 years old. Like, do you know what it's like to be cut in half? Do you want to know what it feels like to be cut in half? I think that this is a consequence of rebelling against their form of magic because they believe that they're living in a world of magic. They can do whatever they want. And it's all satanic deception. And when you are of God and when God sends you to expose the lies because you believe so when he said it and they didn't, they went and saw it for themselves and they know what the truth is, but they want to keep denying it and running away from it. And then God sends you to, you know, just as a messenger to give them the message. You can believe it. This is the truth. And you don't have to be ashamed for being deceived into that. But also you have to admit that you are wrong. They want to attack you and send you through all these different nightmares, consequences, different things you have to go through because you know the truth. Because you believe the truth. It's not even about knowing it. God knows the truth. You believe the truth when he said it. This is what I'm going through. But ultimately. Just. The simple fact that God is sending someone to do this. The simple fact that, you know. He was right the whole time, you know, and the proof, this is proof, you know, just the simple fact that truth overcomes everything. Truth always beats lies. Truth always wins. God always wins. And God is true. Just, just those facts alone. You shouldn't have to worry about anything. You shouldn't have to fear a thing. Nothing should worry you. You know that you're going to win. There's ultimately... They cannot beat you. They cannot beat God. So they can't beat you when you're with him. Which is why they, you know, they try so hard to pull me away from God. They try bribing me with everything. And when you realize how much they're offering you, big mansions, the perfect life, seemingly, all this money, attention, fame, Perfect children, perfect husband or wife, perfect everything. When they're offering you these different things, you wonder like, now why would they be offering me so much? But you have to see it as nothing because it's nothing without God. The way that I see that these things are happening, it really creeps me out and it makes me very afraid no, it, it doesn't scare me, but it just makes me afraid for everyone else. Like God said, don't be scared for you. Be scared for them. Because someone saw me as a perfect um, option, a perfect a perfect, I don't even know, tool. Somebody saw me as a perfect tool. And now they're trying to use satanic power to overcome my mind, my heart, my soul. So I can be a robot, just like step for wives. Just like step for wives. 
I always thought that movie was crazy and weird and a and a scary because a part of me almost like was marveling at the idea that you could be everything for your husband and just be so perfect and you know just serve him but it's a way to do that he shouldn't control you not in that way he should control you control you in a godly manner if he's not being a good example then you shouldn't be controlled by him the blind can't lead the blind so the way that they're trying to do things like trying to overcome my mind with satanic deception and lies they're not even trying to have any type of rule book or discipline or abide by any truth and they want to control me into doing whatever and not having a choice or not being able to decide for myself not being able to fight them on things when they want to be led down to the pits of hell they want me to give them the remote control of my soul and then choose for me whether I go to heaven or hell when God gave me that free will and choice just like he gave each and every single last person that was ever born on this planet this is what they actually intend to do and they actually want to call it a blessing for me being chosen for this but God just showed me something earlier as I was praying what I realized was my back different weird parts of my back I cannot reach weird parts of my muscles that I don't pay enough attention to it probably never would have because I don't even have the knowledge no one around me probably even had the knowledge about these different parts and portions of our body it's like godly information these different parts and and portions of my body that have been worn out beat down stretched to capacity and tortured throughout this process from praying all day these are the very parts and portions of my body that I'm going to have to train because of it and it sounds so messed up like Satan comes to attack you and now you have to train all these new parts and portions of your body that you never would have known about but I prayed to God and I asked God to keep me tip-top shape until I was very old and so he's showing me the muscles the portions the parts of our body that we ignore the reason that leads to us not being in tip-top shape when we're very old. God is intentional. Everything that he does is intentional. He is a genius. He is everything. God is amazing. You will think that the whole time I have been saying and, and putting it off my heart, trying to put it off my heart, because I think that complaining takes away from everything he has for you. But I've been trying to put it off my heart and acknowledge it and accept it but also not complain about the fact that these little, these different parts and portions and muscles of my body that are aching. And I feel that, you know, I'm so afraid they'll never heal correctly. But I'm so determined to never give up. And you have to be. Because that goes along with it. If I had just said, you know what, it doesn't matter. And, I'm, and I started giving up and I just stopped caring and I just... You know, I started complaining enough that I would actually allow these things to affect me in a way where I didn't actually plan on working on these things ever again. Like I'm giving up on God's promises in a way. Then I wouldn't have been brought to this understanding that in the future, I'm going to get back up again. 
God is going to bring me out of this. Usually you notice him turning the bad around from the good when you trust him to begin with. You have to trust him first. So in the future, what I'm going to do, get up and I'm going to have to get in the gym and I'm going to have to make right on all these different muscles and different things that I feel have been stretched and pressed to capacity for God. But guess what? When I get up and I do that and I start targeting these different muscles that have to be targeted now, which I probably would have overlooked before without this circumstance or this situation. When I'm about 80 or 90 years old, I'm going to be more fit, more agile, more a lot of things and a lot of people. I may not notice the intricate details right now, even though I do, because I notice them in God. The devil may not be allowing me to celebrate it right now. Not that the devil can allow you to do anything, but he may be fighting me on it. Keep him trying so hard to keep my mind and my heart focused off the good things that God is offering me. All the good that God is turning his bad around into. Regardless of any of those things. Eventually, all these little intricate details about everything that I'm doing and going through right now. Is going to pay off. It's paying off. And this is why I can't stop here. This is why I can't say, oh, that's enough. It'll never be enough. It's not enough until God says enough. I keep praying to him every day. God, take this away from me. You know, take this thorn out of my side. And God kept that thorn in Paul's side because he needed to stay humble. Because when he operated in the spirit of humility, he reached more people to get them over to the kingdom of God. It made him a better person. God's keeping this thorn in my side because it's making me a better person in God. He's fulfilling all my all his promises to me in the process of this. And it feels like torture right now. But as he said, trouble does not last always. And I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to turn around for his good. Everything he's intentional about. You know, he's perfect in all his ways. So when I noticed that earlier, I, I started to, you know, cry a little bit. But I didn't cry because... I couldn't. Every time I cry for Christ, they burn. It's holy fire all over their body. So they fight me so hard when I cry for Christ because when I cry, I'm giving him my highest praise. I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. You are wonderful. You are amazing. You are perfect. You are everything. You are intentional. You are who you say you are. No one can ever compare to you. Like you are worthy to be praised. I'm honored to praise you. I'm honored to suffer for in your name. When I'm crying, I'm thanking him. I'm grateful. I'm happy. Joy and peace is pouring out of my heart. And this burns them up. This burns the devil up. So he fights me so hard. He doesn't let me cry to Jesus. I have to fight him very hard to be able to cry. And then when you're in the presence of just crying and being grateful and thankful for God's presence and God's and all of God's wonderful, marvelous ways. You know, it really sucks when you have to fight the devil when he's nitpicking at things. You know, it sucks when he's taking your attention off of that. It sucks when he's affecting your time with God when you're happy. So I'm fighting so hard not to let him. And so I have to build up this, you know, build up strength to be able to be in God's presence unbothered. 
But Satan isn't as powerful as he wants to believe that he is. He just wants me. He just wants to brag through me right now. But the reason why I'm still mentioning this anyways is for anyone who may be going through this. To help anyone who may not, who may be still trying to figure these things out. Because it's like, this whole time I knew it though. And it's like, you'll know. You'll know with God. You'll know the truth. You'll know who he is. You'll know what he's saying. You'll know what it is. And yet still... You have to face and battle temptation of wondering and, you know, trying and failing and going down different routes and making different mistakes, even though you already knew. And ultimately, it does come down to God's grace and favor as much as he keeps you from, because we as humans, we tend to gravitate towards sin. It overcomes us. We're tempted. We're not perfect like Jesus is and was. So. Oftentimes, you know, but you still got to see, you know, but you still got to go see for yourself. You still got to try for yourself. You still got to be there. You still got to be involved. You still got to try to confirm to yourself as if you didn't already had a confirmation because, you know, yes, still, you know, that's God's grace and favor when he's keeping you regardless of how many times you still stray. And God has told me since I was younger, you may stray, but you do not stray far. And that's, I feel like him saying, which I know this is what he's saying again, but let me spell it out again, because this is how our human minds work. Oftentimes we know these things. We still need to hear it. We still need to see it. We still need this confirmation. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said, if it wasn't for the miracles and signs and wonders, you would not believe, but blessed is he who believes without having to see. So... Spelling it out, it's just, I'm overcoming, I'm overcoming temptation. I'm overcoming these different things and I'm having a fight for my mind in the process, but I know I already have it. I'm having a fight for this power that God has placed inside of me, but I know no one can ever take that from me. I'm having to fight to be in God's presence, but I know I don't have to fight to be in God's presence. So it's just like. It's the process of having more faith. He's building up my faith in the process. And that's something I already knew. So we know all these things. And. Also, if, if while I'm on the subject, I know I don't have to get rid of my family. I know that my family is forever. I know that God agrees with that. I know that God loves my family and does not want me to leave them. I know this. This is something I know. But I also know, excuse me. I also know that God is capable of anything. His ways are mysterious. And even when you know something, he can change it. This is why you do have to still keep an open mind and open heart. This is why it still is probably necessary for to make the mistakes that you make, despite all that you know. Because God showed me a future vision of myself where, you know, he's saying to me that my family may not ever accept me in the version of myself that I'm going to be. Like, I'm going to be her. And it's not even about 
oh, this is happening against your will or you don't have a choice. It's about the fact I'm going to choose this. It comes down to it. God knows me. He knows who I am. He knows my destiny. These are going to be the decisions that I'm going to ultimately make. And I see it now. I see it happening. The reason why I'm going to choose this is because I'd rather be this than be that. I'd rather be with God than, you know, live a lie. I thirst for truth. I thirst for knowledge. I thirst for real love. I thirst thirst for reality, real. I don't want to fake these things. And so if this is what it takes, I got to be as real. I got to be 100% real in order to have real. Then I'm going to be 100% real instead of being 100% fake. So I have to pick or choose one. And it's, it's just, this is just a journey of becoming 100% real. And the only thing, and really 100% real just translates to 100% obedient in God. Because only God is 100% anything. So this is my future. And I don't see how anyone can manipulate these things. I don't see how anyone can... somehow steal anything from God. You can't steal from God. I feel that certain things have been introduced to me as what God wants, but in a way they're they're hidden motives, the the wickedness, the wicked devices that they have in their heart consists of stealing from God. They're trying to steal this. I believe so. But I don't want to jump to conclusions about that either because you never know that it just may be a better or deeper understanding I have to be brought to. And by then I'll understand or accept the outcome of things if they look like that. Maybe it's just something I have to get to, something I have to get away from. But I never want to say I have to get away from something because God is powerful. He can set you up in front of whoever it is that tried to keep you down. Like, no one's ever going to be able to beat God's plan for your life or keep you from something that God wants. And you don't ever have to run away from anything or anyone in order to have it. You can have it right in their face. Growing up. The best advice for a bully was to beat them up, face them, face them and fight them until you win. Because by then, that's the only way you'll truly be handling the situation effectively. But that's still operating on a, in a fleshly mindset, carnally minded to fight them. You know, Jesus is saying, don't fight them. Jesus is not saying ignore them, but help them, love them too. Accept them regardless of who they are. Learn how to do everything how you're supposed to be doing it. You know, place them where they should be and not allow them to keep you away from God, but also love them and accept them. For whatever, at whatever point they decide to come around, if they ever do. Being patient enough to still be there no matter what, whenever it happens, if it does or doesn't. You know, but giving up and ruling them out because you're, you know, tired or afraid of how much more that they will do to you. 
or what could possibly happen if you keep them around. I think that's where the terms your keep your friends close but your enemies closer come from. I always wonder why people want to keep their enemies closer. And when it comes down to it, it's like keep your enemies closer because I used to think it meant because then you can watch them. But if it's a real enemy, it doesn't matter if you're watching them. They're still going to be the, your enemy. They're still going to get to you. They still have the power ability to get to you if you let them. Keep your enemies closer. I think it's more about being able to operate under pressure. Being able to operate under or around anybody. No matter who they is or who they decide to be to you. Still being who you are regardless of what you're faced with. Just being that solid. I think it's more that. And I knew that. And I think I was like feeling as if I had to run away from that because I know that's who I am. And if it's not who I am, it's who I'll, it's who I'll be. So I don't want to take the credit, though, because it's who God made me. And all credit does belong to him. Ultimately, when I when it comes down to these things, I believe that I'm staying true to myself, staying true to who God made me to be. I believe that I'm choosing and, and making these decisions because I can't deny who I am. I can't deny who God is in me. It's not me. It's him. And it does trickle all the way down back to that always. So I'm discovering different things. On another note, I notice that a lot, oftentimes the reason why a lot of times these different things are contradicting each other. People are showing up as this and people are showing up as that. People are showing up as this and then people are showing up as that. And the reason why it's happening this way is because people are borrowing these people's identity. And I've said that before. They're borrowing their name. They're borrowing their identity. And that vision when I talked about, it looked like it was at some sort of place and they were like, they might have been demonstrating the control they have over me. Maybe they're even selling their identity to be borrowed. They're like selling it so that someone can have control over me. But that's okay because, you know, I see that as bad being turned around in God's in God's good favor as well. And then consequences are always going to be had regardless because God always says that all will be judged. But he doesn't want me focusing on that because oftentimes I'm making so many mistakes. If I want to focus on someone else's consequences, then I'm going to have to focus on mine too. There's going to be so many consequences for everything that I'm not doing when, I sh- when I'm supposed to be doing it. So I don't focus on other people's consequences. You only make it harder on yourself. And then you're missing opportunity to focus on how to be better and to minimize your mistakes so you minimize your consequences. So I'm fighting to be better and I'm fighting to, you know, be made right. It's hard. It is difficult. It is very difficult, especially when you have different individuals who are taking advantage of the person you're trying to be. The version of yourself you're fighting towards being, they're taking advantage of your future. Now, before you can even get there. So, this is why I love God, because deep inside I know, you know, all of this means something. It's all being turned around for my good, but you know what?
it has to work out. I feel it. It's, it's good. It's such a good thing. I feel like I have to hide the good things I know from people, but I don't. I really don't have to hide these things. They're not hidden. So, if I couldn't hide who I was spiritually to God, if God is not hiding me, there's no point in hiding anything. You can't hide anything from God. So, why hide anything from them? God said to me a long time ago when I was younger, he said, I said, God, don't you think you should not say that or hide that? Or don't you think you should keep that from the devil? And God said, I don't care if he knew everything I was going to do. He's still not going to be able to stop nothing. And oftentimes I would think that was the wrong attitude to have towards people. People would try to teach me that's the wrong attitude to have. If God has that attitude, it's the right way to do it. It's the right way to have that attitude. It's maybe a wrong way to have that attitude, yes. It's a wrong way to do anything. But it's a right way to do everything. So, I like that attitude. I shouldn't have to hide nothing from you. I should be able to be freely whoever I want to be. And if you want to fight me on it, then, you know, get in line. It's going to be an obstacle I have to overcome if God even ever presented you. So... This is what I'm fighting. This is what I'm going through. And this is what's going to have to happen. And I I heard, you know, you can't stop this. You're not going to be able to stop this. You know, and it, I don't, I didn't know if it was to me or not. Like, you can't stop this. You're not going to be able to stop this. I didn't know if they were talking to me. And I was like, what am I trying to stop? Whatever it is I'm trying to stop, this probably is sound advice because you cannot, you know, make your own plans. You have to allow and submit to God's will so that he can make plans for you. And if I am fighting God's will and trying to make my own plans, then maybe that's why it's so difficult for me. Maybe that's why it feels like I'm, you know, I'm fighting against, you know, like I'm struggling against friction, like I'm, being pulled backwards and I'm trying to go forward. Maybe that's why it feels that way. Because I'm fighting against God's plan. Or I'm making my own. So, I'm working on these things. Eventually it will work out for me, I know. And I feel if motivated i feel encouraged i feel good you know i feel great in god today and period you know i don't want the enemy stealing my joy anymore but i also am acknowledging that if he's allowed to steal it right now that's only because he'll never be able to steal it again at some point very soon he will never be able to touch my joy my peace ever again he will have learned a very hard lesson about trying you know god's daughter so for in a way and I and I wonder if this is even a mess up attitude to have in a way you know I kind of am thinking that I don't even know if it's the wrong attitude to have or if God encourages it but I'm thinking that oftentimes like the more you do to me the worst is going to be for you. 
the more you put me through, the more you'll suffer. And the more you don't care, the more you will. And I started to feel a little good about that. And it feels like God is trying to guide me to be a better you. Don't need to think about the consequences of their behavior in order to feel good about what you're going through. Feel good about it just because you know I'm making you better. And if that's not why you feel good about it, then that's not the right attitude to have. This is why I'm not happy all day. Because otherwise, I'd be happy all day at all that they're trying to do to me. So, I know everything is for a reason. So, I can be made the the woman, the individual that he showed me I will be. I just, you know, God makes impossible possible. Sometimes I wonder if, if or how that woman could exist in this world. He's shown me that she will exist in a new world. It will be a new world by then. But the difficulty is how hard and how long and how tedious it feels like this process has become. Sometimes seemingly impossible. But as I said, God makes impossible possible. So I don't want to keep talking about that because I know the devil, he just wants to feel like he can stop God's plans or feel like he can stop what God has in store. But he can't. 